Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. We keep playing with fire. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. You're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Uh, we maybe do things a little differently here, but our goal is the same as what any good Christian church should do, which is to help you connect with God in a worshipful way and help you grow in your relationship with Him. Again, our style just might be a little different than the other churches you're used to, but we're still true to the Bible and we still want to help you take your next step each week you're here. Today it's our one year anniversary. I got to clap for that. That's amazing. 52-ish, I don't know the exact number, 52-ish Sundays of church. That's crazy. And you want to know what's amazing? Like it's just like we have like more people here than we did at our launch. That's like even more exciting to me. So that's awesome. So thank you. That's worth celebrating. So uh, we have a couple like exciting things happening after the service. We're also at the end of the message, you'll get to see a video of a bunch of different pictures of things that just have happened throughout the year. But we're also doing the verb of celebrating, like actually doing something about the celebration. We're celebrating in a weird way because we try to be a little different here. So we have espresso shots. Uh, Woohoo, right? You could have an espresso shot. Um, or a cone pano, which just has like whipped cream on top. Very tasty. Take one of those. And the reason we're doing that is you've given us a shot. You've given us a shot at some point, whether today's your first day here or whether you've been here since day one. You've given us a shot at some point. So thank you for that. And we want to give you an espresso shot in response to that. Uh, and even amidst of all the difficulties, it's been an amazing journey this whole year. But with that said, it's going to be a weird Sunday, right? Espresso shots, cupcakes, and speed dating, as you heard in the announcements, right? I guess welcome to Centerpoint. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, this week we're continuing a newer series called Deep Clean. And you know the kind of clean like where you, you don't just make room for the moment, like shuffle things to one side of the garage so you can fit the car in. Or the time like maybe you, you push all of your junk in the passenger seat of your car so that you can drive actually. Yeah, that maybe, that isn't a deep clean we're doing, that's just a clean uh, or shuffling a schedule, right, to just have one day where you can just like give it all and do, do whatever you want. You clean that one day. That's not the type of cleaning we're doing. We're doing a cleaning that is deep. So you have, have a fresh start, a new canvas, something that's going to last you a long time. I don't know about you, but like the last six months or so for me, my life has been a bit more messy or full or disorganized or without direction in some of those areas. But to even be a bit more specific about the things is I feel like some of my areas that I've neglected have been the priorities in my life, my daily schedule, my relationships, and even my aspirations for the future. They've gotten a little bit messy. It's like we've gone from this kind of survival, reduce, empty, and fight through type mode, right? Like with all the changes of COVID. And then this past spring and summer, we kind of like slowly added more and more things to our schedule. More and more things to eventually get to this messy full situation again. That maybe isn't or even what we want for life. And it's time for that deep clean again. This fall. 
And as someone who's maybe a follower of Jesus, maybe that's you here today, or maybe you're just open to hearing from God, there are some very basic tips from Jesus on how we can cleanse these things in our lives. This week, we're talking about our schedules, as in deep cleaning our weekly and daily schedule. Because does anyone out there have a few free hours every day to do some more extra work? Anybody got that? Anybody like twiddling their thumbs during the week or like hoping they, just wishing they could do more, right? If you are, I, I can't relate with you, I'm sorry. Um, but if that's you, let's talk because I got some ministry for you to do here. We got lots of things that you can do here at church. I actually got a lot of things you can do for me at home. That would be amazing. Um, I even have some friends that you can do some things for too. So, uh, but I don't think that's the majority of us, right? So that we just have all this free time. The, we have more time in the world. I heard someone say that, and I'm like, I want to learn from you. I'm like, that's amazing. Our schedules are full, right? We jam-pack the week with stuff, work, working out, meals, kids' events, pickup, drop-off, meetings, groups, community involvement. And then when it gets to Friday, we're singing like this song, you know, like is and what comes to mind. a little bit of chicken fried. Cold beer on a Friday night. Right? And then like... Saturday comes around and you're maybe singing this song. Excited about Saturday. And then Sunday you're hopefully singing this song. He's a prisoner shaking Savior. You got chains. He's a chain breaker. At least I hope, right? But that doesn't always happen as often as we'd like it to, right? Because how often does a project or a commitment or a schedule event that is, that is on even the days we get to excited about tend to get filled up, right? Our schedules are full. They're busy. They're cluttered. For me, I actually, I love scheduling things. I love packing it in. I love being a maximizer. So this is a hard message for me to give. My wife and I, we, we have one of those odd relationships where I'm kind of responsible for the calendar and the social gathering in our household. It's a bit weird because the majority of the relationships like that we have our friends with or the people we hang out with, they are not like this. So it's normally me coordinating with the women. Uh, but I guess that's our family dynamic. That's how it works in our, our household. But honestly, our schedule, they're booked with fun, work, family, friends, community, engagement, errands, church. And if there's even a little hiccup in our schedule that day, it's like a Jenga tower coming down, right? Even though I'm the scheduler, I'm the worst at packing these things in, even after all these years, because I still pack it in. And my wife, she calls me out on these, but I'm the one that makes the plans, right? So, like, it's, it's all on me. Um, but I strategize to do everything in one full swoop. For example, like, the plan maybe is, like, we're going to drive to Menards. We're going to go to TJ Maxx, Costco. We're going to hit up Culver's for lunch. Then we're going to do Woodman's Target. Maybe stop at REI. Pick up, pick up maybe that Facebook Marketplace thing that we've been trying to get, like, at that exact same time. And then, like, we're going to get home. And I even have, like, a little margin, like, we got to get coffee at some point. Like, you know, keep us fueled. And I have it all planned out, like, so set and then all of a sudden like I get in the car and it's like oh we need gas no this is gonna ruin things so then you stop and you get gas and then all of a sudden like we get gas whatever and then all of a sudden you're in the car oh gas we gotta stop for a diaper change and then like all of a sudden seriously like we're waiting too long for the coffee there's no way we can go through this drive-through and it's like 6 p.m. and now it's like bedtime and then we're all thrown off and it's a whole big mess this is a bit silly but again, our schedules are like this, right? They're full. Can you relate a little bit? Maybe you're not super busy or as bad as me, but do you almost always feel rushed? 
or almost so busy that you are occasionally, let's be real, often not really in the moment. You just execute the schedule, the tasks, even the fun of that week or that month. And then you look back when it's done and you're like, do I ever remember like what we did? Like, what was that like? Was that fun or not? Have you ever asked the question, is that what God wants from life? Busy or cluttered or living without any margin of time in our lives? Are there things maybe we can change or is there something missing? It feels like life shouldn't be this way, as busy as it is. As I've thought about this, I've realized the greatest enemy to the life I want or, pe- or, or the life of peace, of fun, of meaning, of relaxation, the greatest enemy of that is the life I'm living. Honestly, I think that's something for all of us. Sometimes the greatest enemy of the life you want is the life that you're living right now. If you've been there personally with one of these thoughts, this week's for you. This week's for you. We're going to do a deep clean of our schedule. And before you say there's no chance to clean anything or get rid of anything in my schedule, I'm with you. I'm on the bet you may be even busier than me. But what if I could tell you Jesus, Jesus knew how to deep clean his schedule to get done all he needed to, to fulfill all he needed to, to do as a human and also as, as God, but still have space and time for unplanned endeavors, time for reflection, time for purposeful opportunities, time to be alone. What if you could get that? Imagine how fueled and fresh and recharged you could be. Well, we're going to look at some specific choices Jesus made in the Bible. But a few things you need to know about him is, first, Jesus lived to about 33 years old. That's how, about how old he was. He decided to start his ministry when he was 30. And then when it happened, he trained and recruited a team of about 12 people. He then uh, healed people, taught people, dined with people. And then he fulfilled about 351 Old Testament prophecies while at the same time, he also started a revolution that transformed, let's say, billions of people's lives. And it's still around 2,000 some years later, all in three years. But not once in the Bible does it ever say Jesus ran. He walked. He walked. He sometimes donkeyed, I guess. You know, like, not, not even a horse, right? He never hurried. He never hurried. Not even a fast walk like a Menard's walk, like where you're, trying, you're on a mission to get in and get out. He's not even doing that. My in-laws make fun of me for that one. But, the, but Jesus walked. Just look at Matthew 4.18. It says, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. And it's three years of ministry. Like he decides to walk. He saw two brothers. They were Simon and Andrew, his brother. They were putting a net into the sea and they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for men. Or Mark 2.14. As Jesus walked along, walked, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed. Jesus walked. That wouldn't be me, right? If I knew I had three years, I'd be like sprinting like, hey, follow me. Like, come on, let's go. We got a couple things we got to do. Hey, I, I got a couple prophecies I got to fill. Like, let's go, let's go. We got, what time is it? Okay, I got like so many days left, right? I'd be sprinting. I'd be going. And then like I'd be like teaching my disciples like, I hope you've been training because we're, we're sprinting a, a gang here. We're, we're like ones that are ready to like move nonstop. But that's not what it was. The disciples followed as in, I mean, they walked with Jesus. Jesus never ran. He walked and he wasn't rushed. Do you find yourself rushed, stressed, overwhelmed, exhausted, trying to get it all done, always falling short, feeling like you're out of time? Jesus invites you to come to him. He 
invites you to come to him. In Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30, it says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned on, out on religion? Come to me, he says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus says, get away and watch. You'll recover your life, your schedule, your time. Walk with me. Watch how I do life. Was Jesus' schedule busy? Absolutely. He was a busy guy. But Jesus had a healthy rhythm of life. He didn't have a strict schedule. He engaged, but he also disengaged at times. He poured out, but he also filled up. He had regular practices, but he wasn't religious about them. Jesus' schedule was busy, but he never hurried. If Jesus wasn't rushed, why are you? Why are you? Are you chasing something different than he did? Are you living for something different than he did? Are you focusing on things that he wouldn't? Yeah, right? Again, what if the greatest enemy of the life you want is the life you're currently living? Jesus didn't have an extra hour each week. That wasn't the answer. He didn't have like a long like 33 years or more like life. He had three years of focused ministry. So I don't think more time is the answer for us. But what if it was more time spent on the things that actually matter? Have you ever analyzed like how much time it takes to do something or how much time you spend on certain things? Uh, of course not, right? Whoever does that, like, like, oh, how much time am I actually like on the internet? No one checks those things. Have you ever not got like these warnings before? I'm curious, like, if you have. Like on social media, you can set on your phone, like, you've reached your time limit on Facebook. That, that's a thing on iPhone. And, you know, and like it gives you a sign, like after you set a time for an hour, it gives you a time. Or maybe this one, like you're watching Netflix and they're like, are you still watching? You know, you've... You've seen this one, and it's like, uh, yeah, I am actually. But <laughs> um, or if you're a video gamer, like this was one back in the day. I used to see like, you've played 784 hours. Like, uh, that's gross. You know, like, <laughs> if you've never seen any of these, high five. Like, awesome. That means you're doing it right. I've maybe seen these a few times in my life. But these are notifications, right? And then if you analyzed your life, would you get notifications on other things? Are you spending time on things that matter? We need to do a deep clean, right? We need to do a deep clean. And there's three specific things we're going to talk about today that Jesus did that I think can help our lives. Uh, the three things, they're not some big theological, biblical revelation like, whoa, I've never thought of it that way. But let's be real. Cleaning isn't some big, intense, smart thing to do. It's something that everyone knows how to do. We all know that cleanliness is important, but we still don't do it at times. We still neglect it at times. So that's what we're doing today. We're looking at some very basic things, but these are things that we got to get back to. So the, the first thing is we see Jesus does with his schedule is he knew his priorities. Uh, do you know your priorities? This is last week's message. If you were here, uh, awesome. If you weren't, check that one out. Give it a listen. It was all on priorities, and Jesus knew his priorities. To give you a little snippet of it, it says we, all, we basically all have priorities, right? But we all have things in our lives that kind of are fake priorities. Things that hijack our priorities. And Jesus, he had his specific priorities. He had teaching, healing, spending time with God and with others. That was kind of it. Those were kind of his priorities. When he knew those things, he said no to doing other things. Good things even. 
Because he was mission-focused, he understood he can only do some things well, not everything. Matthew 6, it says this, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will get, be given to you as well. His priorities, they were intertwined with seeking God's kingdom. My, my priorities I shared last week were like family time, providing for my family, time with extended family, fun is a priority in my life. Um, and faith is intertwined with all of those. Like if I'm not like really embracing the, the blessings God's given me in my family, am I really prioritizing faith, right? Like God's given me these amazing things. Am I making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm catering for, to those and caring for those? So having that faith intertwined with all of your priorities is so important. Now, Jesus knew his priorities, right? When you know your priorities, schedule them. Omit the others. You prioritizing too many other things or being too busy with other things is not prioritizing your top priorities. So schedule your priorities. Know your priorities, just as Jesus did. If you missed the last week's message, check that one out. It's all on that. Before we talk about our next point, I want to do a little interactive with you. It involves eating, so yay, right? Um, I'm going to have the host come by, and they're going to give each person two grapes. They're in a cup, uh, and they've been san sanitized, like we had gloves on when we put them in the cups. And as they're coming by, like, you can eat one grape right away. Go ahead and eat one grape, but save the other one. Eat that first grape right away. Um, but I'm going to have them come by, grab a grape. If you're allergic to grapes, I didn't think about this, sorry. Um, you might just have to watch outside, sorry. Uh, but, or just not eat a grape, sorry. Um, but go ahead, eat one grape and save the other. Eat one grape and save the other. And then as you're having your little snack time right now, I'm going to tell you a few stories about Jesus. There's three of them. They're very short that we're just going to touch briefly. It says, there's the, this day in Jesus' time, sometime in his three years of ministry, he goes to a wedding and he's socializing. And the wine gives out. There's no more wine, which basically means back then no more party. Right? No more party. It's kind of over. And when the wine gave out, it says, the mother of Jesus said to him, they didn't have no more wine. Yet Jesus responds by turning water into wine, and he stays longer at the wedding. He celebrates more with that family. Another, another story, another day in Jesus' ministry. Jesus is sitting around, sometime in his three years of ministry. And some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded their parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Let them come to me. One last time, uh, one last story we'll look at is Jesus is, he's getting a name for himself. He's becoming a guy that people want to get to know. And he goes to have dinner with some people. And two women are present, Mary and Martha. One is just hustling to try and make everything perfect. The other one's enjoying the moment, listening to Jesus. And Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or inde indeed only one. Mary has chosen what's better, listening to Jesus, talking to Jesus, and it will not be taken away from her. And all these stories, these three stories, Jesus had a lot to do, but he was present in the moment. That's our second point. Jesus was present in the moment. He actually listened. He played. He got comfortable. He reflected. He walked. How often are you actually doing that with your schedule? Does your schedule allow for that to happen? Do you remember uh, being like a teenager or a 20-some-year-old, like when you could eat whatever you wanted, however much you wanted, at any time of the day, 
it was amazing, right? It was amazing. Uh, but I, like, kind of developed that habit, and it was hard for me to shake. It was hard for me to get rid of that. It took a couple of years. Are there any, like, brat lovers out there? Like, you love a brat, like a good brat? Yeah. How about pizza lovers? What's your favorite pizza place in Fond du Lac? Anybody? Oh, oh, okay. How about, how about breadsticks lovers? Like, you're just like, I got to have a breadstick or, or wings or chips. Chips and salsa. Where are my chips and salsa people? All right. Well, I remember, like, there was this time I would always go to, like, my buddy's family, and they'd have, like, a surplus uh, of brats or pizza or wings, and it was just, like, they always had way too many. They had a lot, and it was amazing, and it tasted good, I think. Uh, what i do is I'd eat, like, six brats, like, seriously, or 30 wings, and I remember, like, even being at, like, a, a Mexican restaurant and the waiter being like, here's your last basket of chips. You know, like, I, I'd be eating the chips like crazy. But in that moment, I wasn't honestly tasting. I was devouring. I wasn't eating for enjoyment. I was hoarding. What if that's what you're doing with your own schedule? You're holding one more grape right now, and you maybe thought the first grape, like, oh, not bad. I like grapes. What if you think about it right now? What if, you're, what if you're like thinking about the fact that it has really juicy flavors or the texture or the substance or the juice that comes out of it? What if you, what if you like take time to actually think about the grape you're eating? Are you salivating right now over this grape? Go ahead and eat your last grape. Uh, it's so much better, right? It's so much better when you're thoughtful about what you're doing. Imagine if we did that in our schedule, or the moments with maybe our kids, our spouse, our friends, our church family, our time of relaxation, our beautiful scenery even. You might be thinking, it's cool and all, Aaron, but I don't have time. I don't have time for that. What if we're putting an emphasis on quantity versus quality? What if what we do, who we talk to, who we influence, what we accomplish, how many fun things we do, are, is not the focus that it should be. I mean, think, how often are we planning, like, the next vacation when we're on vacation? Or how often are we thinking about, the or, like, the next child when we, have, we just have the first child? Or how often are we thinking about the next meal when we're eating the meal that we're currently doing? Jesus, he limited his interactions with people. He didn't jam-pack his day with events. He had flexibility. He planned for depth versus quantity. Jesus was present in the moment and went for that depth. How do we do that in our lives? I think we need to make room for margin. That's kind of the answer to it. Make room for your margin. Do you, does your schedule allow for margin in your life or time, extra time in your life to actually listen, to actually look around, to actually reflect, to walk? Jesus was in the moment with the people he was with. The last thing I think we can see from Jesus and learn for adapting our schedules a bit and decleaning them is make routines. Jesus made routines. He, he had his priorities. He embraced the moment, but there are things that Jesus has seen do doing routinely and consistently. In Mark 13, 35, it says one that we see often in the Bible. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This was something he had to do. It was a priority to him, so it was a routine. It's actually a proven fact that routines or things you can uh, just expect and do without even thinking about allow for you to perform better in other areas. For example, many high-level leaders, they'll, they'll say, like, 
eating the same thing or wearing like the, the specific thing each day or exercising at the same time or waking up at the exact same time, structuring your workout the exact same way every stinking morning, it actually helps you maximize decision making because you, you're not distracted by these little decisions. You're able to conserve some brain power. I'm working on all those. I got one down, breakfast at the, the same breakfast every single time. I eat Velveeta's every single morning. They're amazing. Um, I'm not good at all the other ones. But if we're trying to be like Jesus, let's look at this verse again once. And just get an idea of it once. It's Mark 13, 35. I'll read it again. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This was a routine of his. Right? Let's just break it down. I see Jesus. He got up early. He walked somewhere, like maybe an exercise of some sort. He went to a place of solitary, and he prayed. I'm not saying to be a Christian, you have to do those exact things or become a morning person and do that. But maybe that's exactly what you need, is that rigidity, that schedule that Jesus literally did. I honestly think that's what I need. That's like something I'm working on and focusing on. I love when the Bible breaks things down so clearly for you that like you can kind of follow in a way that aligns with, with what the research says out there, right? Like having routines allows you to perform better. I want it to help me become a better leader. How about you? For me, the things I've been personally trying to do in a routine lately is I've been pr trying to pray the first thing in the morning before I check my phone. It's so easy to reach over, grab your phone, and look. But instead, I wake up, and I'm praying. I catch myself praying. It might not be a long prayer, but I'm going to pray the first thing I do. I, I'm trying to read my Bible, make sure that it's the first thing in the morning. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it doesn't happen first thing in the morning. Sometimes it happens the last thing at, at the day. But those are my two options that I really try to focus on is making sure it's either the first thing or the last thing. Or working out. I've kind of structured my schedule. I have it on a schedule so that I make sure that it's on a specific time so that it's easier for me to do. It's a routine. I've made these things a routine because I'm trying to do exactly what Jesus did. Yes, I fail quite often, I'm not going to lie. Sleeping in feels so good sometimes and choosing not to pray or read my Bible in the morning. Uh, eating potato chips on the couch is better than exercising sometimes. And sometimes browsing my phone is easier than reading the Bible. Which is when I realize, though, if I'm doing all of those things, I need a deep clean. I need a deep clean. I need to restructure my schedule. How about you? So again, Jesus models for us knowing his priorities, being present in the moment, and making room for margin in our lives, and making routines or things that, of things that matter. Those are things Jesus did. All these things he does. And if you've been a Christian person for a while, you, you know these about Jesus, right? Today's message, again, isn't some big theological idea, but cleaning isn't either. We all know that cleanliness is, is important, but we still don't do it at times, and we sometimes neglect it. So what have you been neglecting? Which one do you need to add into your week this week? Is it knowing your priorities, getting rid of things that don't matter, or saying yes to only a few things? Is it being present in the moment, making room for that margin? Like actually tasting or actually listening or enjoying moments with your kids, your spouse, your time alone. Or is it you need to start making routines of things that matter. Doing the things you want to do and having it structured. Things that are important for you and things that are important to God. For you, what does that look like this week?
Some of you might just be realizing for the first time, you're like, I want this, right? I want this life that is centered and focused, that's pres- present, and I want it that it's this life that's structured this way, that's healthy. And you're saying, I want to be connected with Jesus. I want what he had going on. You can do that. To, you can simply just say in your head and your heart to God, like, I, I know I've made other things my schedule incorrectly. I've done things wrong with my schedule. But I want, I want things to be made right. Will you help make things right in my life? And you're on a journey of becoming a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, if that's something you say in your head and your heart to God. Others, maybe have already done that, and you want to just focus on one today. What's that one for you? To get more aligned with Jesus, and sometimes uh, make sure that your schedule is cleansed in a way that aligns with him. I'm going to pray right now that we act on one of these. If you want either of these, or to fully connect with Jesus for the first time, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us uh, an idea of how we should schedule our, our lives. God, I just pray that uh, some of us right now, we're saying we want a connection to you. We, we see that you're this master scheduler. You've modeled things perfectly for us. So God, we are acknowledging that, that we've done things wrong and we've never really looked to you. And God, we're just saying please guide us, help us in all areas of life. We know that we've messed up, but we know that you are able to help us get back on track. And God, uh, some of us, some of us here, our, our schedules are crazy. They're messy. They need a deep clean. God, I pray that one of these things as we talk about is something that we can act on this week and live out this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.